Welcome to the Econ Dev Show. We explore the strategies, ideas, and insights that are driving economic development forward into the future. You'll hear new insights from passionate EDs about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from attraction and retention experts about how to apply actionable strategies inside your EDO. We'll help take your organization, your community, and your career to the next level. Here's your host, Dane Carlson. Our episode today is brought to you by Cathode Ray Media. Cathode Ray is a full-service marketing agency that connects government organizations to their communities. Wondering how they can help you? Here are just a few ideas. They use ingenuity and imagination to create awareness of progress and opportunity within your community. They help residents and visitors find local shopping, dining, and service businesses. They make residents and stakeholders aware of challenges that affect them and their community, while encouraging them to get help or get involved. They can also work to help attract new small businesses while helping micro-entrepreneurs learn how this small but mighty woman-owned and operated marketing agency can help your community. They use tried and true methods that will connect your organization to your residents using social, digital, and traditional media. Curious? Visit cathoderay.com, that's K-A-T-H-O-D-E-R-A-Y.com to learn more or ask for a free no-obligation consultation. We thank Cathode Ray for their support of the Econ Dev Show. Welcome back to the Econ Dev Show. Today we're here with Thomas Sally. He is the director of the Wilkesboro Tourism Development Authority in Wilkesboro, North Carolina. Thomas, welcome to the show. Dane, thanks so much for having me back. It's a pleasure to be here on Econ Dev Show. And I just want to say quickly that going back and listening to some of your more recent episodes, I feel very privileged to be among the guests on the show. Some of your recent guests have just really brought some amazing content to the forefront. And I just have learned so much from listening to the Econ Dev Show podcast. So thank you for letting me be on. Well, thank you so much. Sometimes I feel like I publish all this content and sometimes I don't hear enough from my listeners and my readers. And it's really nice when I finally do, because I, I kind of get that a little bit of that affirmation, but I just keep, I just keep plugging away and hopefully getting better every day. Absolutely. It's about base hits. It's right. Exactly. Over and over and over again. Consistency. That's right. So speaking of consistency, this is your second time being on the show. You were on about six months ago. We did an episode called A Tourism Director Who Thinks Like an Economic Developer. And so it's really good to have you back. You mentioned before we start recording that you're at a, a tourism conference there. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, thanks, Dane. And again, I appreciate you having me back on the show. So I'm here in our state of, I live in the state of North Carolina, and we're here at the beautiful Grove Park Inn in Asheville, North Carolina celebrating our state's tourism industry at the annual tourism conference. It's called Visit NC 365. And so believe it or not, tourism is the second largest sector of the economy in North Carolina. And North Carolina was recently ranked as one of the top states in the nation to do business. So we're just, I feel very privileged to be a part of this industry and to help drive the, and be at the forefront of the tourism and hospitality industry in North Carolina, welcoming people to our state. Absolutely. And before we dive in, are there other tourism directors in North Carolina that think like economic developers? Oh, I would definitely say so. Tourism is interesting because each, each the way, the way that we do business is all different. So you have sometimes like I'm attached to a local government through mm -hmm. the town of Wilkesboro and you might have tourism authorities that are attached to a chamber of commerce or to, they might be a standalone entity, but I would say it's pretty common to see economic development 
tourism kind of we all run in the same circles right so like you might see especially in smaller towns or, or places sure. like myself where i'm a one-person show you'll see somebody wear many hats one of those is for example is my colleague leslie from the town of elkin she does both she does economic development and tourism for the town of elkin so that's just a good example of, of one right there well, but there's there think, are many many yeah you mentioned that tourism was the second largest industry in the state of North Carolina. So, I mean, that's, that sort of thing must be true everywhere. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I would say too, that the number one industry in North Carolina is agriculture. And I would imagine that a big part of that is agritourism too. So absolutely. I'm curious to know kind of how much revenue farms get from agritourism versus crops, but, but yeah, we're all, we're all big, but tourism is the, the first date to economic development. I heard today, tourism is the front porch to absolutely. economic development. I mean, however you want to phrase it, but we're a part of the conversation and we're here to, to, you know, drive traffic to our economic developers and then they'll help them. We want them to visit here and then relocate here and then start a business here. And then we hope to help sustain that business. So. Yeah. I've heard it said that, I think it was by a tourism person, but that it all starts with a visit. You know, before you find some place you want to move, you visited there. And before you find some place that you wanted to start a business, you visited there as a tourist. So it all starts with that visit. That first, that tourism outreach is the very beginning stages of economic development. Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head, Dave. That's exactly Absolutely. right. Well, hey, I wanted to have you on today to talk about the, the outdoor action plan that, I don't know if it was just developed or it's called the Wilkes Outdoor Action Plan. Yeah, so I thought we could talk about sort of what we're doing in our local economy to spur economic development. And one of the biggest projects that we have going on is our Wilkes Outdoor Action Plan. And so uh, to answer your question about almost two years ago, we, we got together with a group of local, a, a local coalition, and that included economic development, tourism, local government, our, some of our health officials, as well as other stakeholders in the community that have a stake in the outdoor economy. And we went to an outdoor economy conference. It was the first of its kind in the state of North Carolina. And this was in 2019, and we went, we heard from the speakers, we heard from the panelists, we heard about uh, North Carolina, the outdoor industry in North Carolina. So you might be asking, like, what is an outdoor economy? Well, it's your, your outdoor assets, your recreational assets, your outdoor gear manufacturers, your and heritage tourism that may have something to do with outside. So that's something that, that I want to emphasize about the outdoor economy is that it's not just like mountain biking or hiking. I mean, it could be something like our barn quilt trail or something like uh, upcoming. We have the NASCAR all-star race at the North Wilkesboro Speedway. So these are all outdoor related activities and that's all encompassed by the outdoor economy. So you know, we went to the conference, we developed a coalition and we engaged with a planning firm called Destination by Design and nearby Boone. And probably some of your listeners have heard of Boone and Blowing Rock. It's the high country area of North Carolina, which we're about 30 minutes to the east. It's a very popular tourist destination. And so we developed a 15-year plan, and the plan has sort of actionable steps throughout that was going to guide us to utilize our outdoor resources, our outdoor assets to hopefully draw outdoor business and outdoor gear manufacturers, tour guides, different things of that nature that cater to outdoor enthusiasts, as well as develop and enhance and maintain our outdoor economy assets like our state parks. Our, we have the Blue Ridge Parkway, which is a national park. And all of our, our beautiful public spaces and private businesses that cater to tourists through either river tours or different things like that, guided hikes. We have a thriving disc golf scene, pickleball. All these things are kind of wrapped into that outdoor economy. So 
We've also got some, which we, we could talk about later in the show, but we've also got some, some other economic development projects, such as a river district where we want to take the Reddy's River, which is a tributary of the Yakin River, which flows into, flows in through the middle of Wilkes County, through Wilkesboro and North Wilkesboro, our sister city. And so, so, and I'll just pause right here for a second. Well, let's come back. Yeah. Let's come back yeah. to that. So when this outdoor action plan was created, I'm going to guess, was the first step to sit down and sort of document the assets, the outdoor assets that you have in the, not just in the city, but in the region? Yeah, Dane, you're absolutely right. So, so the, one of the first steps that we did was to understand who were the stakeholders, who's got something to give and who's got something to benefit from this plan and what are our, our outdoor assets and what are, what is, what encompasses our outdoor economy? It's essentially a SWOT analysis of this sort of outdoor ecosystem that exists in Wilkes County. And certainly the players, the, the, the places, who, who we might want to attract. We've been engaged with in, in cooperating with firms that are involved in diversity in the outdoors. So I want to give a shout out to my friend Earl Hunter from Black Books Camp 2 and the Issa Vibe Adventures out of Charlotte. They're regularly bringing groups into the community that helps that celebrate diversity in the outdoors. So the marketing piece is a big part of it too, and understanding who are these people that would come to the community and then who might... Who might we be able to entice to to relocate here and to set up a business? Fantastic. So sort of did a SWOT analysis, figured out what your assets were. Were there things that you identified as assets during this the development of this plan that maybe you hadn't thought of as being assets before? Yeah. Well, one example is our, our bountiful natural resources, waterfalls, the rivers, the streams, life. We have... Other areas like we have nearby BMX park, we have a local a YMCA camp that's in our, in our neck of the woods that actually to kind of digress for a minute, our YMCA is bifurcated. You have the, the Northwest North Carolina YMCA, which runs our Wilkes County YMCA. And then we have Camp Harrison, which is actually run by the Charlotte Y. So we have this, this vehicle that's drawing people from Charlotte, which is arguably our number one feeder market right into our back door. And then we have we have at, at present, we have no way to engage with them. But now that we engage with Camp Harrison and their staff in this outdoor economy action plan, we have a way to connect the dots with these people coming, dropping their kids off from Charlotte to Camp Harrison. And they're only a few miles away from town. So how can we get them into town? How can we get them to check out our vibrant downtown, spend some money, eat dinner, spend the night, instead of just dropping their kids off and going back home. And we've, we've been successful at drawing people into the community from other, other parts of the country and other parts of the world who are uh, just embraced this, the, the lifestyle and the quality of life and uh, outdoor economy assets that we have. And it all started with a visit, just like what you said. This is interesting because I was just talking on LinkedIn this morning to Andy Portero, and we were discussing that often in communities, especially small communities, and Wilkesboro is a small community. What is it, like 5,000 people or something? Yeah, Wilkesboro is about 36 and our city, sister city, North Wilkesboro is about 37. So yeah, you're looking at about six, 7,000 people. Yep. Six, 7,000 people. So a lot of small communities first look at or think about what it is that they don't have. Mm -hmm. They look at their storefronts and their storefronts are empty or they're, they've got, they don't have X and they don't have Y or they, or they have a, a plant or some kind of facility that's closed up recently. But they're always looking at things that they don't have. And this plan, this outdoor action plan is sort of, let's look at what we actually do have. Let's go out and make a count and an inventory of the, the things and the, the people and the businesses that are operating in the sphere. And let's play to our strength as opposed to 
trying to create something brand new. Yeah, that's correct. And Andy's another one of those guys. I love his content and I appreciate what y'all do together. Part of the plan too was to, to look at gaps. So you're absolutely right. I mean, we did identify assets uh, and we did look at ways that what unites us and, and what, what in the outdoor economy unites us and what kind of strategy can we bring to the table to push this plan forward. We don't, we want to create, it's a 15 year plan and we don't want it to get dusty. We want it to, to right. put, it, put it into action. So, but definitely gaps was, was part of the conversation. And we did find some gaps. And I'll say one, one of those that we uncovered recently, well, we have a very robust community college in Wilkes Community College, and they're very engaged in the community. But we recommended, we, we recognize that, that we as a community don't have enough, like, like the pipeline for outdoor economy jobs, right? So like, like looking at how do we get people from middle and high school interested in jobs in the outdoor economy? I mean, and you can think about like the park ranger, right? The park ranger is kind of your, sure. those jobs are like people hold those jobs for 30 or 40 years and they retire and then somebody else comes in and they're in that job for 30 to 40 years. But there's a lot of these, these assets that are understaffed and underutilized. And, and so finding ways to get people involved and plugged into those different career paths is, is one of our gaps. And, and I would argue that it's probably a gap over the whole industry of the outdoors and not just locally, but. Oh, I'd assume. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That sounds like something that, yeah, is happening everywhere. Okay. So you, you made the plan or you, you figured out what you didn't have. Then I'm assuming you figured out what did you, what did you figure out next? Did you want to figure out what you wanted to be or how did, how did that part work? Yeah. So destination by design, the planning firm that we work with, they helped us to, to identify about three or four different projects that really could kickstart this, if you, for lack of a better term, like an economic engine, right? So one of those was in the two towns, we have, we have a river tour for lack of better terms. It's a river tour. You get in the river at one location, you get out at the other location and it's a nice two hour trip. If you go okay. past, if you go past that last stop, then it's 15 miles of nothing. <laughs> so okay. if you, and sometimes people miss, miss the, miss the put out. So if they miss the put out, they're in the river for like six hours and that can, can oh, be uncomfortable. My. So our county actually owns a park on the river further downstream. And then, so if you, if you can sort of imagine with you, if you will, further downstream in another little town at the edge of the county line, we have a river access that is just inundated by uh, users because they also are the, the put in for another short route that, that crosses county line. So you've got this one little park that's just overused. And then you have this other area that because of the gap in the space is not being used at all. So we found a way to to develop a plan and really to engage with our river tour operators and say, what do you need us to do with this river access to make it feasible for you to bring groups in and out? So like all of these places that have kind of been built, but not with river tour operators, because this, those things right. didn't, didn't exist. It was just for people to go fish or put their little canoe in or whatever. And now we can actually purpose build a river landing for commercial use. And it really can be a way for the county to, to spur economic development and, and commerce by creating this facility that really caters to the specific business of river tours. That's interesting. Yeah, you, yeah that's got to be something that is pretty common in that there's assets that are utilized by the locals for recreation and industries develop and you find ways or you realize that this this could fill a gap and create, actually create more business or bring more business to the community. If you just had this asset and you converted it from this 
small sort of recreational locals only kind of thing yep. to something that appeals to a brighter, broader audience. Yeah, that's, that's right. And, I, and I'm interested in that sort of thing from a tourism standpoint, because I know which of our assets are really are overcrowded. And I want to, right. I want to spread everybody out and utilize the assets equally so that everybody, when they come here, have, has a great experience. We don't want people to come Absolutely. and they, they base their impression off the community from that one experience and say, well, it was crowded. It was tra trashes everywhere, yada, yada, yada. But then the people that go to this other place were like, well, we loved it. There's nobody there. How can we balance that out? We just want to make it, make it balanced. So. Okay. So they figured that part out. And then I guess what was next? Well, there's, I could talk about a couple of the other projects that are on paper, but you can also check out the plan at wilkesoutdooractionplan.com. So for your listeners out there, and I'll be happy to provi oh, provide, yeah, we'll you, put that in. provide you with some reference links if people want to do their homework. But then it became, actually, we rolled it out to the public. We got public input. We rolled it out to our elected officials. We got their endorsement. We signed an MOU, Memorandum of Understanding, to understand how would this group work together? And then how would we push this plan forward? We're kind of mutually agreeing that we're not going to let the plan sit on the shelf. We're going to kind of keep things moving along. And now we're engaged in the business of kind of, so one of the recent wins for me that occurred since the last time I was on the show was that we were able to obtain a county tourism authority. So we now have a county occupancy tax that, it, that is, comes from our short-term rentals and overnight stays, vacation stays, Airbnb and VRBO. And that will help bring some visitor funding in to take care of some of the action items on this plan. But we're also engaged with local partners to develop a capital campaign so that we can find ways to get the community at large involved in helping us develop and private business to develop this outdoor action plan and and create more opportunities for employment and for job creation and for smart growth within the community. Oh, that's fantastic. I know that when you were on last time, I asked you what the community thought about tourism, because in a lot of places, especially little small towns that some that over a period of years become sort of tourism magnets, there is some resistance in the community to the idea of tourism in that oh, I'm here. I love it. I don't want it to change. I don't want it to be any different. How is how has this action plan been received by the community and has, how, how is that, what's the impact there? Yeah, I think that the community at large has really embraced the outdoor action plan. I think that our community has needed a win and for a long mm -hmm. time, and we've been very fortunate to have several big wins on the economic development front recently. And this, this plan really inspired people, I think, to take action and get involved. And I, I do agree with you that, that over tourism in, in certain parts of the state is, is a fact that we have to live with. And I don't, I don't think that we're there yet. And I think that our populace recognizes what that looks like. So we, mm -hmm. I think, have the opportunity to engage with them and to develop over the course of the next decade or two decades, this outdoor action plan and grow smart. There was a quote from B Towns, who was one of our participants, and he was one of the founders of Merlefest, which is a popular outdoor music concert that we have in celebration of Doc Watson and his son, Merle. And Doc recently celebrated his, would have been, what would have been his 100th birthday just, let, just this past week. But he said, we, basically, we have the opportunity to grow, but let's grow smart. And that's kind of the mantra of this plan is smart growth. This community has been there before with we, Lowe's Hardware was founded here. Northwest Bank was founded here. Tyson Holly Farms was founded here. We have Samaritan's Purse, Lift Bodies, Window World, Geldwin. We have a lot of big companies that are still in the community. And our community has, has suffered over time. And just like a lot of communities, manufacturing, textiles were very big part of the economy. They went away, this, this community languished a little bit, and now we're kind of coming back and 
So we've, we've been there and we understand what we have to do differently to make this work sustainably for the long term. So I think that, that we, we're, we're older and we're a little bit wiser. That's fantastic. So I guess the, at the end of the day, how are you going to guarantee that this plan doesn't just sit on a shelf and gather dust? Yeah, that's a good question, Dane. So we're, we're still meeting every, every month or so, and we've partnered with something called Made by Mountains, which is a, an accelerator cohort that is developed by Western Carolina. So Western Carolina is out of the Western part of the state over near Cherokee and, and that area of the state. So they have this group of, of outdoor entrepreneurship innovation, and the program is, is guided by academics and industry professionals that help these communities kind of their checkpoints along the way. So, that, so we basically, we have a meeting, we get homework, we have to, again, that's how we kind of identify gaps and, and some of these things that we're good at. And we report back to the team and that team is going to help us and help other communities like us apply for grants and, and try to get funding that's going to help move the needle along. But we have to basically provide the prep work, do the homework, do hold up our end of the bargain. And then we as a collective, the Western North Carolina as a collective and some of the individual communities within will have, this will set us up for success and opportunities to, to receive funding to help push these product projects along. And our community, so North Carolina for other economic developers out there has a tier system. So the 100 counties in the state are ranked in tiers by most economically distressed to the least. Wilkes, Wilkes is a, is considered a most economically distressed county. So that puts us at the top of the list for funding, grant opportunities, stuff like that. So maybe, oh, maybe sure. we, it requires a little less of a match or no match, or we're, we're given a, a heavier weight when you compare us to maybe some more the more prosperous areas of the county, like Wake County or Mecklenburg or something like that. So, Interesting. Okay. And then how, how do you keep the group? I mean, you've talked about a lot of things, but how do you keep the group sort of engaged? You know, if you're meeting monthly, some months there's going to be a lot of stuff to talk about. Some months there's going to be a lot, probably a lot of short-term kinds of things that you need to talk about. Events that are taking place or new businesses opening in the community or, or what have you. New things that are happening right now. But you really need to be focused on the, the next steps of this action plan that you've developed. And in six months, a year, five years from now, you need to be looking at those and thinking about those and doing the things that are necessary to move that forward. How are you able to keep everybody or how is everybody able to keep going in that direction together? How do they stay motivated? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, fortunately, I think most of us that are in the group are either in the nonprofit space or the local government space, and we understand the long game, right? And right. it's great that we have other people who are a part of our group that are, are in private business and they have been in the corporate world and they help help us remain accountable, right? They, they're there making sure, well, what's going on with this? What's going on with that? And so while we understand that some, some aspects of the plan take time, there are actionable steps mm -hmm. that we can dive into in the short term. And we look for kind of these short-term wins to kind of keep the momentum going, keep everybody excited, keep the community excited. And I think that, that people feed off that you're able to, to win and make these little steps, little improvements along the way. And that helps kind of build up towards the big things. And right now we're still early in the execution of the plan. So there's a lot to get done. So I will, I will admit that, sure. you know, that we have a lot ahead of us. Um, and, and your question is very valid in terms of, especially as we get to late stages in the plan and executing, what do we, what do we do in the next 15 years? How do we. How do we right. make it better? Well, how do we maintain the assets that we've created and developed? And those are questions that we're going to have to address in the months and years ahead. And, but right now, I'd say that, that certainly just 
the community yeah. feedback and the opportunities that lie ahead of us and the, the positive momentum and just the community feeling for me personally, those are all things that keep me excited. And I have two little girls and like watching these assets grow and develop, being able to take them outside and, and enjoy and teach them about nature. These are all. Oh, I'm sure. That yeah, makes it absolutely. Worth it. Yeah. yeah. So those are all important parts of the plan for me and, and helps keep me motivated. So at the end of the plan, it's going to, it's going to end up somewhere and there's probably some really big stuff at the end. We're going to, I'm going to put the link so that everybody can read it, but what, give us a hint, like what's at the end? What's at the very end? Of well, the one plan? of the biggest, I'd say most ambitious things that we have planned is what I talked about earlier, the, the river district. And so we're engaged okay. with a local company and a nonprofit foundation, the, the Herring Foundation. And the Herring Foundation started a company called NC Tech Pass. And NC Tech Pass is a local tech collaborative that is, their job is to, to train people and prepare people for the tech industry workforce. And they'll bring people out of high school or college. They'll enroll in this training program. And then they're going to help them be placed in jobs in the tech industry. And the idea being that, that okay. Wilkes has countywide fiber gig, gig bandwidth broadband, right? So the idea being that they'll stay here and they'll work their tech job remotely and then enjoy all the outdoor assets that we have. So so as a part of that, that initiative, they, we need to create, we have a housing shortage just like everybody else, right? So we need to create places right. for people to live, places for people to work, places for people to play. So Wilkes was a, a very big lumber milling industry early at the turn of the century, the lumber and milling and, and was a big part of our economy. And that's again, kind of how Lowe's got started and some of the ancillary businesses that support Lowe's like ECMD and some of these others that are in town. But the Reddy's River, which flows into the Yakin River, was straightened out by people. The people at the time, they straightened the river to make it easier to funnel logs down the river on what they call the flume. And so over time, the Reddy's River has been trying to resume its normal course, which is actually more curved, right? So like as it comes through town, right. you'll see flooding on either side of the banks of the river. And that's because the river is trying to reclaim its original course. So the idea is that you've got this land that surrounds this river that's never been developed because it's always kind of been a floodplain, right? Well, it's right smack dab in the middle of these two towns. And TechPass is going to take this land and, and turn it into a river district. So you might be familiar with, like I've been, in, like I'm in Asheville, North Carolina right now. They have a vibrant river district. I was just in Macon, Georgia this past summer. Macon has really done a lot with the river there. And there's this huge parcel of land that could be developed for entertainment, for mixed retail, for, for housing. And really that, that, that growth of that investment is going to yield tax, more income tax, more sales tax. And it, and it really, if you think about it over the long term, will pay for itself. I mean, it's quite simple. It's very ambitious. And, and how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? I mean, this is a big elephant for this community to, to chew up and, and swallow, but Long-term, I think this is a, a very exciting and a great opportunity for us to establish ourselves as an outdoor destination and as a, as a workforce destination. Well, I, I think you've taken the right first few steps and hopefully everybody sticks with it. Hopefully after you depart, other people are in your role and they, they stay on this and they just keep moving forward. And this is how things happen. Like you said, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. It's piece by piece by piece. The people coming together and working towards a common goal. And having an outdoor action plan is a common goal. 
It gives you it gives you a purpose, gives you a point to have. Yeah, that's right. And we, we talk a lot about sort of semi-jokingly about football politics. Like we all have our little boundaries and everybody has their team that they play for. Right. But at the end of the day, a larger goal, especially in small communities, coming at this from an abundance mindset. There's so often when you Right. are in a rural community and you've been, you've been beaten down and, and, and our community has, has been through some tough times, you know, and, and it, and it, it taints your worldview. You, you become, it's easy to become discouraged, right? But, but having a, having a plan and a goal that's ambitious and it requires teamwork and coordination, even over time, right? That really gives us something to shoot for. And it really helps to teach us and the community about abundance, right? We're coming at this from an abundance mindset that we have a lot to offer the world and how can we take what we have to offer for the world and for the community at large and turn it into the, the, the best destination that it can be. And that's what we're, that's what we're here to do. Absolutely fantastic, Thomas. That is, that should be inspiring words <laughs> for economic developers and tourism directors all across the country. Thanks, Dave. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Hey, if anybody wants to reach out to you, to talk to you, to pick your brain, how do you want them to, yeah, to do so that? Yeah, so visit our site. Again, There's it's Wilkes, W-I-L-K-E-S, OutdoorActionPlan.com. Our tourism website is ExploreWilkesboro.com. And then my email address is my first initial, so T for Thomas, Sally, S-A-L-L-E-Y, at WilkesboroNC.org. And then I've got some, some facts and figures that I sort of included in my notes for today. And I, I'd be happy to share some of those with you as well as the reference links. Absolutely. I'd People love to want share to dive those into the, this. Yeah. So that was the other thing that I was going to mention to you was North Carolina has been getting a lot of news headlines for the big, like boom, supersonic, Toyota, VinFast, Apple. Right. The outdoor economy is nationally is a $788 billion business. And in North, in North Carolina, it makes up over 12.1%, or I'm sorry, $12.1 billion to our state's GDP. So the, the big numbers, if you think about the outdoor economy, like it's hard to see it as a, but if you think about it in terms of like an Apple or a Toyota or a VinFast, something like that, I mean, it really is a big, big win, right? If we can all bring. It is yeah. a huge win. Absolutely. So, yeah. but yeah, I've got wow. lots of, lots of well, numbers excellent. and stuff. I'll be happy to share that with you guys. And then, yeah, anybody feel free to reach out. I'd love to chat and happy to share our successes and failures and how we've, how we've kind of moved this needle ahead. So. Well, good, good. Well, Thomas, it's always great to have you. I'll have to have you on again. In another That'd be great, Dane. I love it. And I love what you do. And I really appreciate all the hard work that you put into helping inform those of us that are out here doing the work. So I really do appreciate that. Thank you again. You've been listening to the Econ Dev Show with Dane Carlson. If you're an economic developer who never stops learning, for more expert strategies, fresh insights, and new ideas to take your career, organization, and your community to the next level, visit us on the web at econdevshow.com.